Greetings, friends and family. This is Michelle. And this morning, I'd like to share with you from the book of Psalms. I love the Psalms, and as I have I have shared with you before, that if you need a word of encouragement, if you are seeking the Lord for answers, wisdom, guidance, and direction, if you have a prayer in your soul, but you really don't know how to articulate it, a cry, a prayer, a praise, a worship, but you don't, your words, they're not coming. Well, I advise you to read the Psalms, to meditate in them. And if you do that, I promise you, you will find a way through the Holy Spirit to express exactly what it is in your heart. For the Psalms do that for you if you just take the time, invest the time to explore the word of the Lord in the book of Psalms. This is the case in Psalm 35, which I'm going to share with you in just a moment. But I have a answer for you when you find yourself without words, without the prayer, with or you've prayed all you know how to pray, or you don't feel like you can say things to the Lord, who already knows your heart, by the way. He knows your thoughts. They're afar off. He knows your thoughts afar off. He knows you inside and out. And he knows you, in fact, better than you know yourself. So there's nothing you can hide from God. So let's just be open and honest with our Heavenly Father. Tell Him the truth. Don't try to hide anything. And that way you can get the help that you need from God. My recommendation to you when it comes to praying or praise or worship and using the Psalms as a tool is to read the Psalms out loud. Allow the Psalms to go deep into your hearing as you vocalize or articulate the words of the Psalms. Let them flow deep down into your soul. Let your head hear the words let your heart receive the words of the psalm and then allow your spirit to meditate on or process or digest that word that it becomes a part of you david said thy word have i hid in mine heart that i might not sin against you when the word is in your heart and situations come, whether they be times of temptation or distress or trouble or woe, if the word is down on the inside of you, it's going to come up out of your spirit right at the point of your greatest need. And the wisdom of God will be there to instruct you, to correct you, to guide you, to help you to minister to you. I pray that this reading of the book of Psalms, chapter 35, will comfort you, strengthen you, help you, minister to you, instruct you, encourage you, and be for you what it is that you stand in need of right now. 
I'm going to read from the Amplified Version of the Bible, Psalm 35. It's a prayer for rescue from enemies. Now, I'd like to say it's a Psalm of David. Um, If you don't know a lot about the biography of David the king, he wasn't always a king. He was a shepherd boy before he became a king. He was the youngest son of his father, Jesse, and he um, was not regarded as anyone that would be empowered to fight a giant called Goliath, but he in fact did. And that might be the only thing you know about David, but there's so, so much more that you can learn about him as you read the books of First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings and Chronicles, as they reference David the king, as they reference the sons of David, uh, Absalom, for example, as they recount David's uh, experience with Bathsheba and the prophet Nathan. So much there, as you read. And you apply what you've read to the reading of the Psalms that were written by David, you better understand why he's saying what he's saying. So I'm going to read this. I will offer a few comments along the way. But more important than my comments are your hearing this word and allowing it to sink deep down in your soul. So let me begin. Psalm 35, a Psalm of David. Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler, small shield, and stand up for my help. Draw also the spear and javelin to meet those who pursue me. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let those be ashamed and dishonored who seek my life. Let those be turned back in defeat and humiliated who plot evil against me. Let them be blown away like chaff before the wind, worthless and without substance, with the angel of the Lord driving them on. Let their way be dark and slippery with the angel of the Lord pursuing and harassing them. For without cause they hid their net for me. Without cause they dug a pit of destruction for my life. Let destruction come upon my enemy by surprise. Let the net he hid for me catch him. Into that very destruction let him fall. Then my soul shall rejoice in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones will say, Lord, who is like you, who rescues the afflicted from him who is too strong for him to resist alone, and the afflicted and the needy from him who robs him. Malicious witnesses rise up, They ask me of things that I do not know. They repay me 
evil for good to the sorrow of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth mourning garment. I humbled my soul with fasting. I prayed with my head bowed on my chest. I behaved as if grieving for my friend or for my brother. I bowed down in mourning as one who sorrows for his mother. But in my stumbling, they rejoiced and gathered together against me. The slanderers whom I did not know gathered against me. They slandered and reviled me without ceasing. Like godless jesters at a feast, they gnashed at me with their teeth in malice. Lord, how long will you look on without action? Let me stop there for a moment. Have you ever asked the Lord how long? Have you ever wondered as you've prayed about this, that, and the other, why God is taking so long? You look at your clock and you say, it's almost five o'clock, Lord, when are you going to do this? You look at your bills, they're due tomorrow, and you wonder how long are you going to wait to hear from the person you need to hear from before the deadline approaches? Have you ever asked the Lord how long? How long will you look on without action? David said, rescue my life from their destructions, my only life from the young lions. Have you ever been in a position where you were oppressed, where there was a satanic or demonic attack? In David's day, He dealt with natural enemies, although he dealt with spiritual enemies too. But more of the conflict that David dealt with, with the exception of him being guilty of the sin of passion and the sin of adultery and murder, we know those things were not spiritual. That was the evil wickedness that flows out of the heart of man. But his enemies were natural enemies, the Philistines and others that came against him, his own family members, his son, um, people that were formerly close to him, that betrayed him. Well, I tell you, in this life, we're going to have those kinds of enemies too. And we, the Bible tells us to pray for our enemies. I don't know if David's praying for his enemies in this um, particular psalm. But I'd like for you to consider when you have an enemy, whether it's a spiritual enemy or a natural enemy, prayer is always the thing that we need to go to and do that God would rescue us from the hand of our enemies and deliver us out of that which we cannot deliver ourselves from. David said in verse 17, Lord, how long will you look on without action? He cried to the Lord. He said, rescue my life from their destructions. 
only my life from the the young lions. And then he goes on to say, I will give you thanks in the great congregation. I will praise you among a mighty people. And on that point, I'd like to say that it is time to go from a place of petition to a place of praise. Prior to the verse 17, there was a petition flowing from the mouth of David. Prior to verse 18, I should say. He was petitioning the Lord. He was crying out to God. He was pleading that God would plead his cause and come against his enemy in a mighty way as to defeat his foe. He had natural enemies in that day. Saul, the first king of Israel, chased him down and wanted to kill him and attempted to do so. Well, his enemies were great in the natural realm. And David's answer was to pray, to petition God to help him in his hour of need against his enemies. But in verse 18, he says, I will give you thanks in the great congregation. We have to go from petitioning God and telling him about the problem to a place of praise and worship and adoration because he's already given us the answer. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, our healing, our salvation, our deliverance, our victory, our recovery. It's already done. So when the problem presents itself, we can go to God and tell him about the problem But we have to quickly and swiftly, and as you see in that very psalm, in one psalm, David goes from petition to promise, to praise. He knows where his help comes from. He lays his petition on the altar, and he promises that he will praise the Lord in the great congregation. So let's say you were calling on the Lord on a Monday about a problem that you were dealing with. And your commitment is, Lord, I'm going to get to church on Sunday and I'm going to shout out the victory and I'm going to tell the world about what Jesus has done for me. God wants us to shift our focus off the problem onto the provision, off of the problem onto praise off of petition and into praise off the prayer list to the place of praise and intercession for someone else remember Job the Bible says that God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Job wasn't recovered from everything that had happened when he prayed for his friends. The Bible says he turned, God turned the captivity. He went from a place of talking about his problem 
picking those boils, those things that had happened to him, reviewing that in his mind and dealing with the negative circumstances that surrounded him, the grief and the sadness of all that had happened to Job. To pray, to leaving the place of his agony and his grief, his sadness, his suffering, physically, emotionally, financially, and in every way that someone could suffer. He left that place. He literally forgot about himself and he prayed for his friends. And the Bible tells me that when he did that, God turned the captivity of Job. He turned it around and he gave him double for his trouble. You go and read the book of Job for yourself and you'll see what God did for this mighty man. Well, God is the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when trouble and woe comes knocking at our door, when death and sadness and sorrow and grief and destruction and loss of finance or loss of job, loss of health, when these happen to us, what do we do? The natural man wants to grieve and be sad and sorrowful and hurt and agonize and talk about the problem. And this is natural for the natural man. But we don't want that natural man to be allowed more time and space than God wants him to have. We must, as believers, move from that place of agony, of distress, of grieving, of sadness, of sorrow, of woe, of pain, of agony, to a place of praise. Because in that place where the natural man takes us because the natural man feels all of that and wants to cry out, poor old me, why is this happening to me? I'm hurting so bad. Why is God allowing that? The natural man wants to go there. But we have to silence his mouth and his tongue and begin to allow the praises of the Most High God to fill our souls and to fill our hearts and to fill our mouths so that we can shift the atmosphere. We can change the atmosphere of our own temple. (laughs) You can shift the atmosphere in your home, in your school, in your workplace, in your community. You have the power, believer, to shift the atmosphere with your words. David, the psalmist said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let that be acceptable in thy sight. O God, my strength and my redeemer, let what's coming up out of my mouth be adoration and praise unto God, our Savior, our Lord, our Redeemer, our Father, our soon-coming King. Let us not forget all of His benefits, who forgiveth all of our sins, who healeth all of our diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Let us profess 
and confess and proclaim these promises of God continually and let us focus not on the problem but shift our focus on the panacea which is Jesus the cure-all the answer for whatever ails humanity today David did that in Psalms 35 he said I will give you thanks in the great congregation I will praise you among all among a mighty people do not let those who are wrongfully my enemies rejoice over me nor let those who hate me without cause wink their eye maliciously for they do not speak peace but they devise deceitful words, half-truths, and lies against those who are quiet in the land. They open their mouths wide against me. They say, Aha! Our eyes have seen it. You have seen this, O Lord. Do not keep silent. This is his petition. O Lord, do not be far from me. Have you ever felt the Lord was far from you? Mm, I have. Have you ever felt that he was silent and he's not answering you? I have. But I've learned that God is always speaking. He's always he's always speaking. He speaks through a child, through the bird and that comes to visit you on your on your deck, on your um on your grass in your backyard. He's speaking through the wind. He's speaking through so many different ways. If our ears are open and attentive to him, he will be heard by us. David said, awake, wake yourself up and arise to my right and to my cause, my God and my Lord. Have you ever asked the Lord to wake up? Well, the disciples did when they were on that ship that was sinking, being tossed and driven by the tempest. Jesus was down in the hull of the, the uh, ship, asleep on a pillow. Why was he asleep? Because he had peace in the midst of the storm. Beloved, no matter what the storm is around you, you can have peace in the midst of it. Why? Because Jesus is on board that ship and he is the master of the sea. Remember that when you go through that which you get the news, your heart is shaken, broken, disturbed, your peace disrupted. The natural man wants to faint. After the natural man has had his moment, you call that fella into alignment with the word of God and tell him, listen, the word of God says, the word of God says, the word of God says, quote the word of God and the promises of God and speak life over yourself even when death has been spoken against you. For that's the only way you're going to come up out of that pit of despair, of depression, of hopelessness, of grief, of sadness and suffering is if you speak life over yourself. David said, wake yourself up and rise to my, arise to my right and to my cause, my God and my Lord. Judge me, O Lord, according to the righteous, your righteousness and justice. Do not let them rejoice over me. 
Do not let them say in their heart, Aha, that is what we wanted. Do not let them say we have swallowed him up and destroyed him. Let those be ashamed and humiliated together who rejoice at my distress. Let those be clothed with shame and dishonor who magnify themselves over me. Let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my vindication and what want what is right for me. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who delights and takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall declare, there's the word I want you to hear, my tongue, my lips, my mouth, flowing from my heart and my soul, I will open up my mouth and I will declare your righteousness, your justice. You are the righteous judge of the whole earth. Nobody's getting away with anything. You will have the final say because you are sovereign. These are the words of the final words of the Psalm 35, the last words after David pours out his complaint before God and he asks God to, the, to vindicate him against the enemy. He says in verse number 27, let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my vindication and want what is right for me. So when people are praying for you or you're praying for someone else, begin to shout and leap for joy and rejoice because of what God is doing for those for whom you prayed and for you because others have prayed for you. He says, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who delights and takes pleasure. God takes pleasure. He delights in the prosperity of his servant. He, he doesn't get pleasure out of seeing you down and out. He gets pleasure out of seeing you with joy unspeakable and full of joy, of glory. So let your tongue declare the righteousness of God, the righteousness of the righteous judge of the whole universe, and let your praise be coming forth all the day long. Psalm 35 in its entirety from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Friends, it's time to move from a place of petition to a place of praise. Move through the process of petition, of waiting on God, of even asking how long, to a place of praise, of worship, of adoration, of your mouth opening up and declaring the goodness of God, the righteousness of God, the sovereignty of God. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Let my soul boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Move from petition 
to praise. Move from a place of asking God to thanking God. Move from a place of being on the altar in distress and crying out for help and deliverance and mercy and grace. We all must have that on a day-to-day basis. But move to a place where you're blessing the Lord and thanking Him in all things, giving Him thanks. For all things, giving Him thanks. Blessing the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name. Saints, shift your focus off the problem onto the provision, and you will begin to praise God as never before. And as the old expression goes, when the praises go up, that's when the Spirit comes down. God bless you today. This has been Michelle sharing with you from Psalm 35. I pray that it has been a blessing to you. I'm moving from petition to praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I give him all the praise. And so should you. Talk to you real soon. God bless.